and welcome to Let's Talk It All. I'm Anvil. And I'm Jeff. And we're here to talk about it all. And we are in the middle of November. In fact, it is the Ides of November as we record this show. November 15th. November 15th, yes, it is. Today. But we're not talking about Caesar. No, we are not. But some might say we are talking about the Caesar of the 20th century. That's right, Camelot. Camelot? Well, what? it was known as Camelot. Oh, Camelot. Okay. Yeah, so briefly, doing, America. Thought we were doing Camelot. a Mighty Python show, Spamalot. Yeah. No. Camelot. <laughs> yes. Camelot. Yes. Camelot. Yes. Um, well, it was 54 years ago, um, next week, actually, 54 years ago, next, next week. Next week. Yes. Yep. That uh, John F. Kennedy was, uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy was gunned down uh, in Dallas, Texas. By uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, as the official story goes, yes, Lee Harvey Oswald. From the library suppository. Yes, on uh, the sixth floor, apparently. Um, but um, tonight, uh, well, actually, uh, most people would know that, you know, uh, under Trump, he did release 2,800 or 2,900 or 2,800 documents uh, that were classified just by the recently. CIA just recently. Um, a lot of them had redactions on them, uh, which means basically what to do is they black them out. Um, and you know, here's a funny thing. I, I had to go to aliens for a minute, but UFO stuff. You, um, you back in the '80s, you could watch UFO special. Minute fifty four in, and Trump and UFOs both have been mentioned. <laughs> I think this is an all time record for us. <laughs> but back in the 1980s, you could watch a, a UFO documentary, and they would get documents under the Freedom of Information Act from like the NSA and the CIA and the Air Force Intelligence and stuff like that. And a lot of them be blacked out. They'd be like the if that. You know, that would be the only words on there. Anything else be just completely blacked out in the paper. Right. It looked awesome on the TV camera. Look, this is all we got. They say UFOs aren't, UFOs aren't real, but there's threat national security release any more than a couple words. Right. And they would black them out. Well, the intelligence community got smart. They don't black them out anymore. They actually wipe them out. So the documents, you know, I you know, I haven't viewed all almost 3,000 of them, folks. I've done my best. I've gotten a few, a few hundred of them. Um, but the one, I mean, most of them... Are whited out. I mean, there is some information in there, um, but why it, it's so whited out to me is it's beyond me. Um, they're obviously still protecting a lot of people. That's that's what it boils down to. But we're going to get in that. Uh, we're not. We're not protecting anyone tonight. Yeah, we're not. In fact, we're not going to protect ourselves. <laughs> if you go up to the Facebook page at this time, um, you're going to see some photographs. I will explain uh, who the people are in the photographs. Um, tonight in the show, I will be naming at least three of the shooters, if I remember correctly, uh, of the assassination. Um, I'll get into that also more, obviously, into the show. Um, but we're naming names. Uh, we may get sued, but that's okay. Uh, people are going down. That's okay. Because we're we got going no, down. We got no money because Jeff just bought a furnace. Yeah, I just bought a furnace. I'm broke anyway. All right. So I think the important way to start this whole conversation is, you know, so we, you know, we Trump released what he did uh, at the last minute uh, on the behest of the intelligence community. Uh, they asked him to withhold an unknown specified number of documents uh, due that they were still a threat to national security to release them. Remember, this is 54 years ago now. So there's how many documents we don't know that weren't released because they're a threat to national security. Think about that. 54 years ago, and stuff tied to the assassination of John F. Kennedy is still a threat to national security. So uh, we did not get everything, not even close. Uh, again, which tells you 
that more than likely people that are involved are new or maybe even foreign governments that knew um, and their people are mentioned uh, they're still floating around out there uh, they're being protected um, I, I you know one of the things that I did find in these documents I you can't make this up you, folks you, you can't they actually the CIA actually had a, 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 a a secret project they're working on, and it was a false flag project. I'm not making this up. It's in the documents, I swear to God. Um, you can find it, actually, on the National Archives. Everything is up there for upload. I'll give the link in a minute. But uh, in this document, um, they wanted to fake a fake invasion of southern Florida by Cuban forces. So we would have no choice but to invade Cuba. John F. Kennedy shot the plan down. He said, no, we're not going to do that. The CIA actually want, went to the President of the United States to orchestrate a false flag operation against the American people. American citizens were going to die in this fake operation where fake Cubans were going to attack southern Florida. Well, the, I mean, CIA learned a lesson on that when they stopped going to the President after a while. Vote. this is a real document. This is really what they were planning to do. So when you see all these conspiracy theories on the internet today about you know stuff called false flags, that is legitimate stuff now. They were actually trying to do this, and John Kennedy said no. I mean, I was blown away by that one particular document, and you, you, hardly anybody in the media mentioned it. It was like all third, you know, third stream media, you know, like us, right. that you know brought up this document, but. You know, CNN, no. MSND, no. CBS, no. Fox, no. Nobody, none of these major networks would touch, would touch what the CIA <laughs> would plan to do. I, I can't believe that, that you know, none of these you know, so-called journalists could talk about this. So it's, I'm dumbfounded. And it's right on the National Archives. It's not like you can't find it in any place. It was just released. See, but I'm not. Because 54, year, 54 years ago. I get it. TV shows about the ratings. There were only three networks back then. CBS, NBC, ABC. They were about ratings, but they were more about people and the moral fiber of things. Like, you didn't... It's not like now. Like, if you, if you, if you even showed a tenth of what happens now in the news... Fifty-four years ago, no. What, what mass, I'm mass. no. What I'm saying is today, oh. none of the networks. Oh, nobody, no, today, no, no one. No, no, yeah. And back then, they didn't know about this. This is right. classified okay. information. All right, I'm this, with you now. You know, nobody in America knew about this other than the CIA and the president. And, and of course, I'm sure the president's uh, inner staff. But <laughs> this was, you know, top secret classified until you know, uh, was it uh, October 29th or mm -hmm. or November 3rd, whatever day it, it was released. Well, yeah, they won't do it now because it's happening now. Yeah, but nobody, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is what they do now. This is, kind of, this this is, is what news. the CIA does This now. is a new, yeah. this is kind of place now. Well, no, it gets better. So then there's another document, right? Again, in court. Now, this I understand why the media isn't touching it. Because it goes, and Trump didn't know this before he came up with this fake news stuff, okay? But it goes into detail how at that time, in 19, I think this document's from 1964, they had, the CIA had 40 undercover agents working in major, all the major news media outlets, planting stories for disinformation and propaganda against the American people. Not to be used 
overseas. They were working inside America, inside America's media outlets, which weren't a lot back then. You know what I'm saying? Newspaper, no. Major newspapers like New York Times, Washington, right. okay, uh, CBS News. They were inside these organizations as news people writing stories that went out to the American public as propaganda. Forty of them on the CIA payroll. Fact, not fiction. That is fact. That's nuts. And you remember, I had brought up in a previous show where Anderson Cooper from CNN has admitted that when he was younger, he was in the CIA. That's a fact. He's still in the freaking CIA. Once you're in the CIA, you're always in the CIA, which makes CNN fake news at this point. Well, Trump was right. Right. And I don't even know if you need to be a CIA agent anymore, but the news just the way they report it anymore. Yes. Yeah. So, kind of place. Kind of I place. mean, I, th- these are the documents that blew me away. It was just this outright. I, I just can't believe it. I, I just can't believe the stuff they came up with and what they wanted to do and what they were doing. Uh, okay, well, I guess we'll, I, I guess the next place to move into now before we get into the nitty-gritty is who had the game that went knocking off Kennedy? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people. Who didn't but have to? Who didn't? Who gain. didn't gain? I mean, yeah. that, that's a great that'd point. Be a, that'd be a shorter list. You know, that'd be a great point. Um, I put down for number one, uh, first and foremost, Lyndon Baines Johnson, who was the VP. You know, if you know anything about Johnson and his history and his history with Kennedy, you know he absolutely hated John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. He hated them. It wasn't like he disliked them. It wasn't like any. It wasn't anything like that. He hated them. Okay. Um, Johnson was a well-known opportunist throughout his entire life. He took mm, the opportunity sure. for different things whenever he could. Um, a lot of dirty business, apparently. Um, a lot of bad business, apparently. Uh, but uh, it propelled him into uh, many friendships with very powerful people, particularly in Texas. Um, he was an avid believer in controlling the Soviet Union and stopping the expansion of communism. Everybody knows that. Um he made many statements uh, to his close friends and to his mistresses, he had more than one, uh, his extreme dislike uh, for John Kennedy and the Kennedy clan for that matter. Um, when Kennedy was shot and killed, he filled the Warren Commission with insiders and whitewashers. I mean, Alan Dulles, who headed up the Warren Commission, almost got in a fistfight with John Kennedy like a month and a half before. He was fired from the CIA. He was the head of the CIA, Alan Dulles was. Him and John F. Kennedy almost got in a fight, literally, this is a true story, in the Oval Office. Because Dulles wanted to assassinate somebody, another world leader. I'm not making this up, folks. Again, all factual information. And he almost got in a fist fight. He almost got in a fist fight with the President of the United States. So Kennedy fired his ass. All right? So you get Alan Dulles all pissed off, the spy master of all spy masters. I mean, when you were the head of the CIA back then, you were the head you were of the something. You were something. Oh, yeah. And he was former OSS, you know, OSI. So, you know, he's the one that helped form the CIA. This was the guy. This was the man, the Dawes brothers, Alan Dawes. So he heads up the Warren Commission. And the guy hated Kennedy. He absolutely hated him. And this is the guy who's in charge of figuring out what happened to Kennedy who shot him. You, you can't make this stuff up. You just can't. So let's go to number two on the list, the CIA. Now, Kennedy had promised, in his words, I'm quoting, to splinter the CIA into a thousand pieces. 
He, Kennedy hated the CIA that much because of all the crap they were pulling and knocking off world leaders, overthrowing governments, running drugs. The stuff that they did back then, I, I can only hope they don't do it today, but it was outrageous. So, he, and he started doing that, you know, as I said, by firing Alan Dulles. Um, the CIA had no love for Kennedy at this point, and there were certain right-wing sections of the agency that saw Kennedy as an absolute threat to the survival of the CIA. They really feared that John Kennedy was going to destroy the CIA as they knew it. Um, so he was a threat to their national interest, uh, the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, then you had the mob. Now, I always laughed. Years ago, I used to laugh people, oh, the mob did, the mob did. I'm like, the mob didn't have that kind of power to pull that up. Well, let me tell you, folks, when I did the nitty-gritty research in this, the connections I found between the mob and the CIA blew me away. They are parties of the same coin, just on different sides. And the amount of work that they did together that's been documented, I mean, actually documented in you know Freedom of Information Act releases, is astounding. They used each other at different points for different purposes. One of them was drug running. Another one was running arms to third world countries. You would just not believe the amount of cooperation between the CIA and the mob. And when Robert Kennedy, you know, he was the U.S. district attorney under John F. Kennedy, his brother, when he found out that the CIA was working with the mob, he told the CIA to stop immediately because it was hard for him to start prosecuting mob members because that was his big deal if, you know, they were working within the Central Intelligence Agency community. So, the mob hates him. Here's the reasons why. Robert Kennedy was coming after the mob like nobody else ever had, okay? He was on this crusade, particularly Jimmy Hoffa. He was on Jimmy Hoffa, he was on all oh, the, yeah. he was after all the Chicago bosses. This was major news back then. Jimmy Hoffa was in court every other week with Robert Kennedy testifying in front of freaking Congress and the Senate. Okay, every other week, that's where he was. Um, not to mention when Castro took over Cuba, the mob lost not millions, billions, billions. in investments, okay? Yes, they did. And they blamed the Kennedy brothers for that fiasco, okay? Because the Bay of Pigs invasion, which if we were supported, would have been a much different outcome, but Kennedy pulled out at the last minute, which was a massacre, okay? And the mob had a lot to do with planning the Bay of Pigs invasion. Sure. So, There's a Marilyn Monroe joke in there, but I'm not going to go it. Yeah, right, right. So... <laughs> So the mob hated, they hated the Kennedys, okay? Not to mention, now, it gets even more complex because Joseph Kennedy, okay, which was Kennedy's father, both of the Kennedy brothers, uh, boys' father, he bankrolled, part of the bankroll for John F. Kennedy to run for president was bankrolled through the New York mob, okay? Oh, yeah. So when Robert Kennedy went after the Chicago mob, you know, these mob families all work together. You know, they have committees and they have, you know, a big committee they're, they're, nationwide. Yeah. All right, they were pissed. They felt that the Kennedy family as a whole had backstabbed them, had stabbed them in the back. All right, so they wanted John F. Kennedy gone, and they wanted Robert Kennedy gone, too. All right, so that's the third party. Then we move into the fourth party, the military-industrial complex. A select few of our highest levels of certain branches of the military and in the Pentagon, they wanted Vietnam. But more importantly, they saw Kennedy as weak on communism and started to consider Kennedy a threat to national security because he felt they felt that he was such a threat or a weakness 
um, to uh, stopping the spread of the, you know, great scare, you know, the red scare. Um, so those are all, so you had all these different groups, okay, that really, really, really hated John F. Kennedy. I mean, they really hated him. They wanted him gone, all right? So that's where we're going to start. <laughs> we're going to start. All right. All right. Do you have any questions at this point? Um, no, not, I, I just, it's funny. We're talking about what they were doing back 54 years ago, and I, I don't see any different than what we're doing. They're doing now. Right. We're still running drugs. CIA is still involved. Yep. Mob's still involved. Still running arms. Um, I'm probably the military is not so much involved anymore. Presidential person in charge, not so much. But CIA, they're still calling a lot of the shots. They're, yep. The the tactics they were using 54 years ago, they've been using 54 years, and no one's bothered to do a thing about it. Nope. Not a thing. Too powerful. So, you know, I... I, I get why these records are all sealed, but and I'm as patriotic as the next person, but I hate to think what they think is in these files that are going to shock me that they're not going to release it. <laughs> well, we'll get. I got. Or even who's involved? Like, I, I just I can't get worked up about it. Like, it's not going to surprise me to get me all fired up. And say, oh my God! Really? Let's. Well, I, I think that uh, when the files are released, I think they're waiting for one particular person to pass away. Um, I will get to that person's name uh, in, in this uh, segment. Uh, but there's somebody very particular they're waiting to die, I think, before they release certain documents. Um, it's going to shock the nation. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, but they're going to hear it. You're going to hear it soon. Uh, the website, by the way, where you can find all the new uh, released documents is uh, www archives.gov slash research slash JFK slash 2017 dash release. Um, that is the uh, correct link for the National Archives for these files. That will be posted on the website. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and Facebook. Yeah, and Facebook. Um, Maybe we'll Twitter. What we know. So now I'm going to start naming names. Um, the first person I don't mind naming uh, because he came out in his own um, when he was in prison. And he's still alive today. His name is James Files. Um, in 1994, uh, he admitted as being one, one of the shooters. James Files confirms the order to kill Kennedy ran through the CIA, contracted out to the mafia. His controller, that's what CIA program leaders called their working staff at the time, by the way, was also a member of the Chicago mom, a mob. And his name, here's the second name, was Johnny Rosilio. All right. Johnny Rosilio ran a secret CIA base in the Florida Keys, which, again, has been declassified, so we know this is fact, which, after the Bay of Pigs invasion, was taken over by CIA, CIA legend William Wild Bing, uh, Bill King Harvey, who was a big big wig uh, in the CIA, uh, ran a lot of special operations. His name is all over uh, former release documents uh, from the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, but he took over the secret base in the Florida Keys um, after the Bay of Pigs invasion, which was ran by Johnny Rosilio, who was in the CIA, but also was a mobster. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Um, <laughs> there was a man named Tosh Plami, uh, confirmed CIA, CIA contract pilot, 
testified that he flew Razzilli to Dallas on a CIA-supported flight originating in Florida one day before the shooting. So we know Razzilli was in Dallas at the time of the shooting. <clears throat> James Files, okay, remember the first shooter, knew Oswald. Uh, Oswald's handler was a CIA uh, operative named Dave Atley Phillips, um, who was actually very famous. He actually got the, uh, he has a medal. I can't remember what medal it is, but it's like a lifetime medal uh, uh, that's offered by the CIA to top agents. Uh, it's obviously one of those things that's documented. Um, he's dead too, so his name and him is not going to matter right now, but uh, he was Oswald's handler. Uh, Oswald went with to uh, went with uh, James Files uh, to scope out Daily Plaza. Uh, James Files was at a meeting uh, with Jack Ruby. Now, here's the thing. James Files did not meet Jack Ruby. He actually uh, went into a restaurant uh, where the meeting was supposed to take place. Jack Ruby did not know who James Files was. He sat down uh, in a particular spot where he could see uh, Johnny Rosili, uh because Johnny was going to have the meeting with uh, Jack Ruby, um, so he could keep an eye uh, on Johnny Rosilli because they really didn't know a lot about uh, Jack Ruby at that time. Uh, Johnny Rosilli uh, met uh, obviously with Jack Ruby. Uh, they exchanged an envelope and a few words, and the meeting was over. <clears throat> By the way, what was in the envelope were uh, forged identification and badges uh, for personnel that were involved with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. <clears throat> James Files claims that Oswald was not, not one of the shooters. Um, as Oswald said, he was just a patsy. He most certainly was, which is actually uh, collaborated with David Ferris, or Ferris, uh, that was made famous in the uh, John F. Kennedy movie, uh, JFK. Uh, he was a lead witness for uh, Garrison, uh, who was investigating uh, district attorney, district uh, for uh, New Orleans. Uh, anyway, long story short, <clears throat> let's see. James Files went on to claim that a section of the Pentagon and CIA decided to abort the kill operation against Kennedy. They sent a team to abort the mission. So apparently a team went out to try and stop the assassination after the go was given. Uh, cooler heads apparently were starting to prevail, um, but it was too late. His controller, Johnny Roselli, was told to abort. So the team met up with uh, Johnny Roselli, who was running the operation from this standpoint. He was told to abort. To abort. Johnny Roselli told uh, James Files, after the meeting was over with the abortion team, ah, abortion team, uh, he said, and I'm going to quote, fuck them, we will proceed, and the hit was carried out. James Files took the kill shot on the grassy knoll. He fired only one shot, and one shot only. James Files went, uh, told only, was told only to shoot if he had to. Uh, basically, he was a backup shooter. Um, that they wanted a headshot. There was at least one other shooter that Files was aware of. He could see Kennedy was shot in the throat when he came down. He made a split decision to take the kill shot. He aimed for Kennedy's right eye, and his one mercury-laid bullet hit the target slightly behind the right eye. Uh, the bullet had mercury inside of it. Uh, I have not researched that why yet, but apparently it, it does something uh, to the bloodstream or something. I don't know uh, why. Yeah, uh, mercury will <clears throat> mess you up. If, yeah, so... Even if, didn't, even if the bullet didn't kill him, the mercury in the system would eventually do the job. Yeah, apparently that is the reason you are correct. 
Um, and oh, by the, the the reason James Files came out, he was in prison at the time uh, for attempted murder on a police officer in a botched robbery. Uh, long story short, um, there was ten FBI former FBI agents that uh, got a hold of James Files, figured out who he was, and started pressing him for details while he was in prison. Um, he would not um, admit that he was the shooter until the lead investigator of that team died uh, from a heart attack. Um, and his wife uh, was left with uh, substantial medical bills at that time in prison. He agreed to do the final interview, admit to what he did, so the family could maybe get some funds out of it to help with their medical bills. Uh, and that is why he finally came forward, uh, by the way. And um, the reason this is important is because at that time, uh, the lawyers uh, that are on this are trying to have John F. Kennedy's body exhumed because the reason is the mercury will still be in the head. It's something you can't take out. So that will still be there, which would prove um, that uh, what James Files is saying basically on this. And it wasn't Oswald because uh, apparently, you know, they retracted the bullets that Oswald's probably shot. And obviously, there was no mercury in them. So, <clears throat> so that's where that is. Mm. Uh, after the shooting, he saw people and officers running towards the grassy knoll area towards his position as he started to walk away. G-men, as he called them, with badges, and they could have been mafia with the fake badges, he's not sure. Uh, stopped all eyewitnesses and police officers from coming up to the grassy knoll. Uh, and this was confirmed by over 30 witnesses to the event, including Sheriff Bill Decker, who ran up to the grassy knoll, stopped by a G-man, and a number of police officers as well. Uh, he just simply walked away at a normal pace. Um, now let's bring in Howard Hunt. Now this name will sound familiar to anyone who's learning about Watergate. <laughs> Howard Hunt was the head of the program for Watergate uh, to break in. He was one of the guys that got caught. Um, confirmed to be former CIA and CIA at the time of Watergate. That is confirmed by CIA documents. Uh, busted at Watergate, obviously, and went to prison for his role in Watergate. All right. Hunt confirmed on his taped confession on his deathbed to his son, which is taped, um, that the CIA assassinated uh, Kennedy. It was carried out in CIA orders. And Hunt was on the backup team. He was flown into Dallas. His terms was, I was a bench warmer. Uh, and I was in Dallas for the assassination. So you have an extremely high-ranking individual within the Central Intelligence Agency admitting confirming that the CIA are the, uh, ran the program to assassinate John F. Kennedy. Fact. Okay, let's go to now to Frank Sturgis, who was also Watergate, also contract killer for the Central Intelligence Agency, also confirms in tape testimony that the CIA slash mafia in the involvement with the assassination of John F. Kennedy, another former CIA top official, uh, I think he's dead, actually, at this point. Uh, but uh, confirmed the story that the CIA worked with the mob to assassinate John F. Kennedy. Now, <clears throat> let's get to... Uh, it's important to talk about uh, some of these other guys here. And i got to find all my paperwork. Um, here we go. <clears throat> all right. Now, there was another shooter. Okay, uh, besides James Files. Uh, he was, James Files was aware of one other shooter uh, in his group. 
And uh, you're going to give me a minute to find my notes, uh, what the name of that gentleman was, so I'm going to name him here in a second. But besides that, uh, you, you, can't, you can't get any screwier than this. There was another shooter you know, on another team. And uh, his name was Mac Wallace. Uh, all right. As for the book depository, all right, now this is where on the sixth floor this is where they say Oswald was sitting. And the entire, they, they went up and down that floor looking for fingerprints. The FBI did, okay? Uh, there was one and only one fingerprint found on the sixth floor in the sniper's nest. And guess what, folks? It did not match Lee Harvey Oswald's. <clears throat> in fact, the match wasn't found until about 20 years after the fact. It matched a, name, a man named Malcolm Everett Mac Wallace, who, as crazy as this sound, was the press secretary to Lyndon B. Johnson. Press secretary. His fingerprint is found in the sniper's nest the day of the assassination after it's over. One only fingerprint, and it's Mac Wallace's fingerprint. And he is Lyndon Johnson's press secretary. Again, you can't make this up. Here's a man fitting Wallace's appearance was seen running from the front of the book depository by witnesses shortly after the shots were fired. He jumped into an old Rambler car and was driven away by somebody else. <clears throat> so I started digging into this Wallace character to figure out who he was and how he became <laughs> the press secretary to Lyndon B. Johnson. So the reason they had Wallace's fingerprint on file after the man is dead it's because he killed a man named John Kinsinger in like 1954 or 1953. He shot him on a golf course. He took out his pistol and shot this guy because this guy was banging his wife. Nice. Yeah, no joke. Nice. Yeah, so Wallace is already a killer at this point, right? This is back in the 50s. Lyndon Johnson's lawyer at the time got involved and got him a five-year sentence for murder. A suspended sentence. He didn't even serve any damn time. He killed a guy in broad daylight in front of witness with his own gun, shoots him dead. And he gets off. He Life gets, was so much simpler oh. in the 50s. But here's the thing. How did a convicted murderer get to become Johnson's, Lyndon Johnson's right-hand man and his fucking press secretary? How did he, how did he get security clearance? How is this even possible? Yeah. I, it, it, it makes, Life was simpler in the 50s. But this, is how they had, but this is how they had his fingerprint. Because he murdered somebody that was on file. This is the only reason he could make the match. I mean, you can't make this shit up. So, so get this, Wallace is dead in 1971 when his, his car runs off a Texas highway, which was neither icy nor wet, it struck a bridge abundant and died. So he ran off the road toward the bridge and hit it and died, right, in 1971. Yeah, that's no, 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 no that, reasons. That stuff happens. No, 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 there is a connection. Stuff, no, 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 listen to this. Wait, 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 before we get to that connection. Right. I think it's time we do a shot. Oh, is it all right? Shot. It is shot time. All right, shot time. Okay. Here's to swimming with dead presidents. <laughs> dead presidents, women. All right. All right. All right. So I, I jumped from uh, Howard Hunt, the Frank Sturges, to Wallace. One of the other shooters. All right. I have to go. I have to make a point here. Now, Lee Bowers. You ever hear that name, Lee Bowers? You ever watch the movie JFK? Lee Majors. All right. Well, Lee Bowers 
is portrayed in the movie. He's actually a major witness uh, on the Warren Commission, okay? Although a lot of his testimony is left out of the Warren Commission, folks. But thank God we have records today. <clears throat> he was an alert railroad employee with an unobstructed view of the parking lot next to Daly Plaza during the JFK assassination. He was actually working in the tower that day, or the railroad tower. <clears throat> he saw three men fleeing the scene and hiding in a boxcar in, in the train yards. They alerted the police. The police picked up and escorted uh, these three men to the nearest police station, where they were apparently released without being photographed or fingerprinted by the police. Oh, yeah. An unexpected oversight that should have raised numerous red flags immediately. Yeah, Bowers would later testify that he heard three shots, one coming from the grassy knoll and two from the mouth of the triple underpass. Bowers died a few years later before... The public you uh, can hear the rest of his testimony. Now, here's the thing about Bowers. Um, Bowers, uh, I, I wrote down his date of death because it was important. Uh, <clears throat> Bowers also died, uh, I think it was in 68. He was on a Texas highway. Uh, it wasn't icy nor rainy. He ran off the road and hit a bridge amendment and died. Stop it. Yeah. Two people who are associated with the assassination of John F. Kennedy are killed in exactly the same way, on a highway, in exactly the same kind of scenario. Uh, yeah, that kind of shit doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Not to me, it don't. Uh, that's more than a coincidence, in my opinion. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was the story of Lee Bowers. Now, why that's important and why I brought up uh, uh, Mr. Hunt. Um, then we're going to bring in the three people who were uh, the hobos, because we know who they are today. You we said, know you said hobos. Yeah, the three gentlemen that were okay. picked up in the railroad yard. Make sure don't have any problem. Now there were uh, even though the police didn't photograph or get names or book these guys or find out who they were, um, the press uh, from eight different cameras were able to take photographs of them walking out. Uh, of the police station. Uh, you'll see a lot of those photographs are famous today. You can see these men clearly. Uh, the front two gentlemen, uh, the firstly, the first gentleman has nice, nice clothes on, clean shaven, brand new shoes. The gentleman behind him, his clothes are a little more disheveled, but he has brand new shoes on. And the third gentleman does look like a hobo. Okay, does. Uh, but uh, they weren't uh, they weren't hobos. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to find out my damn notes. And this is what happens when you don't do things in order. Um, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, we're just looking for our, our hobos right now. Uh, okay, here's our hobos. Okay. So, here we go. Chauncey Holt is a former contract killer for the Central, Central Intelligence Agency. Again, confirmed being in the CIA. Uh, for release documents. He claims uh, numerous occasions and he testified that he was one of the hobos. Okay? Uh, here it gets really scary. Um, and you can make them out clearly in the photographs, by the way. And a lot of people don't know this. Um, but we all know the actor Woody Harrelson, right? Cheers. Remember Woody, bartender in Cheers and did numerous movies later in his life? Woody Harrelson? Harrelson? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, his father, Charles Harrelson, is uh, kind of famous, is a famous killer. 
Um, he killed a, uh, or tried to attempt to kill a federal judge, may have gotten away with it, I can't remember if he killed him or not, he spent a lot of time in prison, may still be in prison today, but he claims he was uh, one of the hobos. Uh, he is the very well-dressed man in the very first photograph, and by the way, that is him. Uh, he's not lying. He was one of the hobos. Um, he did work. Um, he's very careful when he does interviews about, he doesn't name the CIA, but he says it back to the reporter. He goes, don't you ever think that there's a slight possibility that there's a secret agency out there that has extreme power and they can get away with basically anything they want? Does that ever occur to you? These are the kind of things he says to reporters. Um, but that's definitely him in the photograph. He has admitted that's him in the photograph. So kind of a weird connection there. The third man named is Charles Rogers. Uh, now, this is where it gets a little funky. Um, by 1965, Rogers was unemployed and living with his parents. Um, Rogers reportedly to have, uh, the only way he communicated with his parents was by slipping notes underneath his bedroom door back to his parents. He wouldn't talk to him face to face. I, I don't know why, but this is what. Um, on June 23rd, 1965, uh, Houston police officers forced their way into Rogers' home after family members had become concerned uh, because the elder Rogers weren't returning phone calls uh, for days. Uh, the officers found uh, food sitting on the dining room table. One officer opened up the refrigerator and found what appeared to be numerous cuts of washed, unwrapped meat neatly stacked on the shelves. Officer was about to close <laughs> the refrigerator when he noticed two human heads in the vegetable bin. Especially <laughs> noticed them. Yeah. That's when they finally figured out that the meat wasn't a butchered hog. It was the meat of the two heads that were in the, uh, the refrigerator. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so they, uh, apparently they found that the couple had been uh, dismembered. Uh, dismembered. Um, the limbs washed and meat cut up and put in the refrigerator. Uh, they found the intestines and stuff like that in a sewer drain away from the house. Um, they found the organs along with the, in the sewer drain. Uh, they determined that Fred, which is the father, and Edwina, which was the mother, had been killed on June 20th, on Father's Day. <laughs> An autopsy showed that Fred Rogers was killed by blows to the head with a claw hammer. His eyes had been gouged out, and his Gentile were removed. Uh, sounds like an alien abduction. Uh, Edwina Rogers had been beaten and shot execution style in the head. Uh, police said the uh, uh, see, there was little blood in the house and it appeared it had been thoroughly cleaned up. Uh, what little blood that was found led to Charles Rogers' bedroom. There, police found blood-stained keyhole but saw no trace of Rogers. A search for Rogers is launched and a warrant was issued for his, uh, as a material witness to a crime. Uh, Rogers was never found. Um, Rogers was never located, as I said. He was pronounced dead by a judge in 1975 in FSD, meaning that no proof of death or body was discovered. Uh, no, Rogers knew David Ferry uh, from the Civil Air Patrol back in the 1950s. And again, David Ferry is an important witness. Uh, he was really the uh, main witness um, for Garrison, uh, and which was uh, widely reported in the movie JFK. Um, so there's a, a connection right there with David Ferries uh, from uh, the Civil Air Patrol when they were younger. Um, before I get to the other shooters, 
It's important to note um, in the release documents that you can find online at the National Archives, the recently one, the Soviet Union, uh, the KGB, did their own investigation of the John F. K. Uh, JFK uh, assassination, and they came to the starting conclusion um, that it was a there was a plot to assassinate John F. Kennedy, and the plot more likely was headed by Lyndon B. Johnson, the vice president at the time. The French intelligence agency also concluded that their investigation showed most likely a conspiracy at the highest levels of the government, uh, meaning Lyndon B. Johnson. So two foreign investigation uh, agencies, uh, actual country uh, intelligence agencies, came to the conclusion that it was carried out uh, by the highest levels of our own government. Um, we're going to get to another shooter. He's never been named before, as far as I know, uh, but he's not on the air. Uh, this is where we can get sued. Uh, he's dead, too, so we probably won't be. Um, and actually, Wallace isn't well-known either, so we kind of named him out and got him out of the way. Uh, oh, by the way, where Wallace was shooting from, he was in the book depository. He did shoot Kennedy. Uh, he got at least, he hit him once. He hit him in the back, by the way, um, which we'll get to later because that's not mentioned in the Warren Commission about a shot to the back. Uh, but there is one. Um, the document's been released, and it's in uh, Gerald Ford, former President Ford's uh, handwriting. Uh, and he was on the Warren Commission, and he changed the report. Uh, he was asked later why he did this, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but So we know that uh, he was shot uh, from the book depository. That's true. There was a uh, other shooters. There we go. There we go. I am sorry, folks. I just want to make sure I get all the information out here. Uh, we did James Files. Da, 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 da. Uh, you know, well, let's, we'll get to the other shooter in a minute. But uh, in 1987, a gardener that was doing the service uh, for the Daily Plaza in that area for the uh, Rassy Knoll actually found a shell casing. Uh, not that far for uh, James Files said he was standing. Now, this is 1987. James Files didn't say anything mm -hmm. until 1994. Okay? Uh, the casing was about five inches deep in the ground uh, with a deposit of, you know, dirt around it. It was consistent for about 24 years ago or 25 years ago. Um, James Files was told about the discovery, and he said this, and I quote, If the casing is mine, you can recognize it, for my teeth marks will be on it. The end will be oval, not round. He said he actually had a habit of biting down on his rounds before he shot them. It was something he did. He was in Laos with the military. He was in the 82nd Airborne Division uh, before Vietnam broke out. He was one of the advisors of doing the little bunny mark things right now. Uh, so he was a professional killer. Uh, <clears throat> so they had the casing. And now James Files didn't know that they had found the casing until they told him, right? The casing did indeed have markings on it. It was then verified by a number of independent dentists, among others a professor in uh, orthodontology, Paul Simpson, that the marks on the casing were indeed made by human teeth. Uh, when Mr. Stimson was asked to examine the casing, he was not aware of the connection with the Kennedy assassination. So they had no idea that these dentists, when they looked at this, confirmed that, yes, these are teeth marks. They had no idea that this was found in the area where uh, James Files said he was standing when he took one shot, one shot only, uh, towards uh, John F. Kennedy shot him dead. Here we go. Charles Nicolotti, the other shooter. Nicolotti was with Roselli and fired from the fourth floor 
of the Daltrex building, which was on the opposite of the Texas School Depository. So it was on the other side of the street, okay, of the book depository. Uh, James Files was Nicolotti's protege, uh, driver and bodyguard, basically. Uh, as I said, Files was, you know, the service backup shooter uh, in case Nicolotti did not get the headshot. Uh, it's important to know that Nicolotti did not uh, shoot uh, John Kennedy in the throat. He did shoot Kennedy. I think actually, I don't think Nicolotti shot hit Kennedy. I think it hit the governor, uh, Governor Connolly, who, by the way, in testimony after testimony, said he was hit by two different bullets. He called them missiles, by the way, in his testimony. But uh, he always said the magic bullet theory was a crock of shit. Governor Connolly, governor of Texas at the time. <clears throat> and he actually said to, uh, as he's riding in limousine, he's, he's, he's saying, oh my God, they, they shot the president. They shot the president. He knew there was more than one person involved. He already had an idea that there was a plot to kill Kennedy, which is fascinating. Um, there's, it's important to note there were at least two more teams of shooters. Uh, again, we know uh, Lee Bowers had seen uh, shots or heard shots coming from the underpass, which would have been in front of the limousine. Right. We know from the Exuder film, you can see Kennedy, as soon as he comes across from the sign, he's shot in the throat. He leans forward, grabs his throat, goes down. A few seconds later, you, heal, you see a kill shot coming from the grassy knoll, which you know shoots his head sideways uh, to the left. Um, it is considered that uh, one of the shooters, and this is probably a CIA team, was actually um, in the manhole on Elm Street in front of the limo uh, next to the overpass. Uh, that's what the, or the underpass, excuse me. Um, Nicolotti uh, <laughs> received three 38 caliber slugs to the back of his head while waiting in his Oldsmobile in the parking lot of the Golden... Horns Restaurant in suburban uh, Illinois. He was brought to the hospital where he died six to seven hours later. Uh, Nicolotti's car was never turned off and caught overheated and caught a fire. What's important about this was Nicolotti was due to testify before the House Committee on uh, House Committee on Assassinations at the time of his death. So two days later, he was going to be testifying in front of Congress on assassinations, which was involving John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X, and Robert Kennedy. And uh, he was killed uh, two days before he was to testify. Um, that's a fact. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Roselli. Now, remember, he's the handler for James Files. Um, he was called before the same committee to testify about the conspiracy to kill President Kennedy. Three months after his first round of testimony on Kennedy assassination, the committee recalled Roselli to the stand. They wanted to uh, more testimony. Um, whatever he said to him got their interest peaked. However, at this point, he'd been missing. No one can find him. On August 3rd, Senator Howard, Senator Howard Baker, a member of the committee, requested the FBI investigate Roselli's disappearance. Um, Ro Johnny Roselli was found dead, shot, dissected, stuffed in an oil drum, floating off the coast of Miami Beach. Fact. Um, <clears throat> Bill Bonanaco, the son of Costa Rostra mafia boss Joseph Bonanno, claimed in uh, 1999 
that he had discussed his assassination to Kennedy with Roselli before he was killed, obviously. And uh, Roselli said, yes, he had a hand in the, uh, the assassination of uh, John F. Kennedy. And it was uh, pulled the strings by the CIA. So, <clears throat> yeah, this is uh, pretty important stuff that, you know, these guys that all had a hand, were witnesses, or had a hand in, this, uh, in the assassination when the House Committee, which convened, by the way, that uh, more probable there was a conspiracy to Kennedy that is the official, the official result of their investigation. So you have the, you had the War Commission that said that Oswald acted alone, and then you had the House Senate Committee uh, testimony that stated that it was more likely a conspiracy to kill John F. Kennedy. Let's bring in the doctors. There were 16 doctors in the time that Kennedy was brought into the emergency room. Now, the emergency room at this hospital, they this was the emergency trauma unit for gunshots because there was a lot of, you know, Texas, a country state, blah, blah, right. blah. So these doctors were extremely aware of what gunshot wounds look like. All 16 of them said that the throat shot, the bullet that entered the throat, was indeed a entrance wound, not an exit wound, which completely destroys the Warren Commission's report on the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Their testimony was left out of the Warren Commission, but we know it's fact. All 16 doctors that worked on John F. Kennedy in the emergency room testified that that was an interest wound, not an exit wound. So there's absolutely no way at this point that the matching bullet theory is held up. The Surgeon General stated in his report, again, that John F. Kennedy was shot below the Adams Apple first as an entrance wound. And there's no way that Oswald acted alone Point blank. And that's what the Surgeon General said, that had saw the photographs and examined, uh, examined the evidence. Right. So we have all this testimony. We have eyewitness testimony of where the gunshots came from. You have over 60 people who testified that uh, shot, they heard shots coming from the grassy knoll and or uh, the underpass bridge before, before the limousine. There's also people who testified that heard two shots coming from... Um, Behind them, meaning the either the book depository or the building uh, uh, on the other side. Uh, so uh, that's where we are. So we know three shooters. Now let's get to Officer Tibbets. Now remember, Oswald, the first murder, he's never charged the murder of John F. Kennedy. He's already dead by the time that happens. Um, he is charged with the murder of Officer Tibbets. Okay. James Files tells everybody who the murderer is. It's his best friend, also connected to the Mafia. And I'm going to name this man as maybe the very first time this man has ever been named before. So let me find that information, because this is important, obviously. <clears throat> and I'm going to put his picture up on our website. Great. Yeah, this man is dead now, so it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Okay, the man's name who killed Officer Tibbet is Gary Marlowe. He was James Files' best friend. He was also in the mob. He did work for the mafia. Uh, he had the same uh, CIA handler, controller as Lee Oswald, actually, as Dave Antley Phillips. So Gary Marlowe's handler was not the same as John Files, or James Files, excuse me. Um, 
But uh, Dave Antley Phillips, who again uh, was with the CIA for over 30 years and even received the Career Intelligence Medal, which is never ever given out, hardly ever. Um, any questions? Okay, so a lot of, lot of things, a lot of things. This is interesting. This is interesting. So everything we just talked about was suppressed information. Right. Never made it to the Warren Commission. Never. Nope. So no one knew about the 16 doctors. Nope. Okay. So. Well, the Warren Commission knew about the 16 doctors, but they did not include the information the in the Warren Commission. Commission. Right. Okay. So, and I'm not as current on my history as I should be. So. LBJ becomes president. Who does he pick for vice president? Nixon, correct? No. No, actually, no. That's a fantastic. No, Nixon ran for president. He became president. He won the next election. Um, but no, I can't remember who Lyndon Johnson's vice president was. To be honest with you. Okay. That's a great. So that's a great question. <laughs> so LBJ, and he just served the rest of Kennedy's term. Right. He didn't win again. I don't believe so. No. Okay. So Nixon's next in line. Right. right. Or next one to win. Right. After losing to Kennedy. Right. In a primary. Right. Right? No, no, in the, in in the general election. Okay. General election. So there's LBJ. Then there's Nixon. At least two or three of these clowns connected to Tendy are busting the Watergate thing. Right. That was for Nixon. Right. So now Nixon's tied into this. Right. Because he's using the same yep. goofballs. Yep, exactly. That, that plan this highly complicated... Assassination plot. Yep. But can't break into a hotel right. without getting snagged by Forrest Gump. Right. <laughs> if you saw the movie, you'll understand what I mean right, by that. Right. All right. So that's Nixon. Nixon takes Ford as a VP. Yes. Ford was on the Warren Commission. Correct. In lied, suppressed, whatever. Yes, I'll get to that. I forgot to bring that up. Okay. Should I continue with that real piece, little piece? Uh, go ahead, because right. I'm still uh, working through so, some of the logistics. Yeah. Gerald Ford uh, was on the War Commission, um, and there was one document where the uh, the doctors state that uh, Kennedy, there's a bolt wound in the back of Kennedy's back a little bit lower. Uh, and probably taken as he's shot in the throat, he's leaning forward. I think he was shot in the back at that time from the book depository, um, which would have been the shot that Walls hit him with. Um, that's my belief. Um, and what Ford does, he actually scribbles out on the drawing by the doctors where the bullet hole is and moves it up in his own handwriting and it says, entrance wound here. Okay, I am making this up. Or exit, no, exit wound here. Yeah, no, I, I can't make this shit up, right? They asked Gerald Ford years later, because uh, this came out in the Senate committee hearing, actually. They asked him, well, why did you do that? And he said, well, at that time, the American people needed closure. And he never expanded on that. He's, that's his exact quote. The American people need a closure. Meaning that anything who did not agree what, what they were heading towards, which, you know, Oswald being the only shooter, mm -hmm. they, didn't, they dismissed it. They didn't want a war commission. They wanted closure for the American people. That was his excuse. But now, that, now you have the whole story on that. Okay. And that's fact, folks. That's not fiction. That's fact. So LBJ finished out. Kennedy's term yep. takes us to 64. No, well, no, you know, Johnson would have ran because... Johnson would have uh, ran again. Yeah, because he had to, because then Nixon was 68, if I remember correctly. Okay, yeah. all right, that's yeah. Right. yeah. But basically, the next almost 10 years of presidency are all connected right. by some thread. Yep. 
to the plot to kill Kennedy. Yep. It isn't until we get to the peanut farmer. <laughs> right. That 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 line that is. that that is broken. Right. Okay. Now, when the House Select Committee got together. Alan Spector from Pennsylvania, which was a once well-respected uh, senator, mm-hmm. uh, was on that commission. And he actually threatened to resign because the doctors, you know, this is, it's 1976 or 77 at this point, And this happened in, you know, 63. Right. So they're all trailed back, the, the ones that are alive, are brought back to testify again. And they weren't, the doctors weren't allowed to see the photographs from the autopsy, nor were the commission members. They were still top secret classified. No, of course they, they were. Couldn't, the Senate Committee on the Senate could not get the documents released. So the doctors couldn't even see it. Alan Spector was so pissed off, he almost quit the committee. He's like, this is ridiculous. Why are they still classified? Why would a photograph of the dead president be classified? It made no sense whatsoever. And he was right. It makes no sense. And the reason, the only reason could be because if they had the photographs, and the doctors could then retestify, and their testimony would be included. There would be no doubt, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that Kennedy was not killed by a lone assassin, let alone Oswald. It just didn't happen that way. Hmm. So we get the peanut farmer. <laughs> we get the peanut farmer, Jimmy Carter. We get the Hollywood movie star. Yep. Which. I love Reagan. I don't care what you say about Reagan. Even with half his mind riddled, he was still better than anything we've had. Yes. And then we get... Oh, then we get the car... Or not cars. The uh, Clintons. Right. But, okay. I forget about the Clintons. I don't know how I forget about those. But then we come into the Bushes. Yeah. Now, Bush won. Yeah. Is it 41? Bush 41, is that? Yeah. He was the director of the CIA, correct? He was a CIA agent. Uh, back in the 60s, he went on to become the head of the Central Intelligence Agency under Ford. He was fired by Jimmy Carter. Uh, but yes, he was the head of the CIA. He was so the, under Ford. Right. Under Ford, who's connected to all this nonsense. Yep. Bush 41 right. becomes the head of the CIA. Yes. But then it's fired by Carter. Right. And what's interesting, uh, under a release document... Uh, by the FBI under the Freedom of Information Act before these documents released. Um, I think it's a week before the assassination, a George Bush, who identifies himself with the CIA, calls the local FBI in Dallas and tells them there's going to be an assassination plot against John F. Kennedy when he comes to town. This is recorded. Um, it's an official document. It's not falsified. George Bush was questioned many years later. Are you the George Bush? You know, that was the, mm-hmm. nope. I was never in the CIA until I became head of the CIA. Um, there is a photograph. It's a very famous photograph. that shows a man who looks in a suit, looks just like George Bush young when he's young, standing outside the book depository minutes after the shooting. I don't know. I think he's lying. I think he's full of shit. Um, and I think... Remember I said it was people that were still alive? Yeah. I truly believe that... One Bush, of the, Bush 41. Yeah. I truly believe that's that uh, his name is mentioned in those documents. I truly believe that uh, they truly feel, uh, at least the powers that be today, um, that a threat to national security would be that if foreign powers or even the American public could come to grips with 
the idea that a former president of the United States had had a hand in assassinating another president of the United States, a coup d'etat. You know, what's that say about our Constitution? What's that say about our government, our government as it is today? I think it's the damage would be incredible, uh, not just in America, but on the world stage for our credibility. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, these documents are being uh, held classified. Yeah. 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 Remember, Dow, you know, Bush, big Dow's, big oil company, you know, big oil men, a lot of connections in Texas, very close to LBJ and his family. Oh, yeah. No, you no, know, oh, no. I, 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 you know, and, uh, and, the, and, the, and the, the connection with um, this other character, this Wallace guy, um, it, Again, okay, Billy Sol Estes, all right, this guy's under investigation. So he tells a grand jury um, that in 1961, um, about the shooting death of Henry Marshall, this guy's an officer of the Department of Agriculture, this, uh, this Henry Marshall, okay? Uh, he says that Wallace was the murderer. Estes, who was convicted in 1963 of federal charges related to non-existent fertilizer business, said that Marshall possessed information linking Estes fraudulent schemes to heavily funded political slush fund run by Lyndon B. Johnson. According to Estes, he and Johnson discussed the need to stop Marshall from making their illegal ties public. In exchange for immunity from prosecution, Estes was also prepared to provide the United States Department of Justice information on eight killings orchestrated by Lyndon B. Johnson, including the assassination of John F. Kennedy. He claimed that Wallace persuaded Jack Ruby to Lee Oswald, and Wallace is actually the man who fired the shot and struck Kennedy. Now, let's go back to the depository on the sixth floor. All right. 90, less than 90 seconds after the shots are fired from that floor, okay, Oswald was found standing in the lunchroom on the fourth floor, holding a Coke in his hand, giving the appearance of being perfectly calm and relaxed. There was two witnesses, the manager, Roy Truly, who knew Oswald quite well, knew who he was, and policeman, uh, Officer Marion Baker. They both saw Oswald, less than 90 seconds, two floors down, drinking a Coke, very calm, standing, leaning against the counter, drinking a Coke. And they, the Warren Commission comes up with the idea this man ran down these steps, got to the, <laughs> the soda machine, got himself a long bottle of Coke, Calmed himself down after shooting the president of the United States and started standing there, you know, drinking a Coke. This is what they want people to believe. It's nuts. It's it's absolutely. Down. Within ninety seconds. It's a minute and a half. It's a long time. Minute and a half is long. Okay, but you still. Minute and a half long time. He didn't leave the rifle laying there. He actually took whoever it was took a few seconds to actually had to you know do something with the rifle. You, you, it was in a boxer. I can't remember where they found it. But the whole point being is he didn't just shoot him and go, oh, shit, I'm going to give myself a fuck Coke. <laughs> I mean, come on. Hey, did you get the Super Bowl right? No. Win the Super Bowl, we'll get a Coke. You're not one of those idiots who really believes Oswald did this, dude. After all this. I, I don't think he actually, I, I don't think he was by himself. He was. He was a patch. He knew what was going on. He yeah. was in retard. Yeah. He, he was yeah. in on it. He was in on it. Yeah. But he didn't. He did not. 
shoot John F. Kennedy. No, he most certainly did not. He wasn't even very good at shooting a gun. Okay, and that's from his army records. There's no fact. The guy couldn't shoot. He just he was a terrible shot. You know. Now James Files was a marksman. He was a sniper. That's record. We know that for a fact. That guy could shoot. <laughs> you know, what I mean, Johnny Roselli. He was a killer uh, for the mob. Oh, yeah. You know, he could shoot. He could kill people. Um, so there you go. That's what happened. That's what happened. So then we have at the end the final conclusion. There were at least four shooters. Each team was not aware of each other. That's pretty much a fact at this point. Um, there was at least one backup team of shooters, <clears throat> which we know is fact. Eyewitness, again, CIA verified testimony on tape. Um, there was a team sent. They call. Oh, by the way, the name of this, the name to kill, the name of the special project to kill the, you know, the leader of the free world was called the Big Event. By the way, Big event. that was the project name. Yeah, Big Event, the secret name. Yeah. Uh, Johnson was the head of the operation and gave his okay and approval. Again, his right-hand man, his press secretary, Mac Wallace, verified fingerprint. You can't make this up. That's a fact. Was at the sixth floor depository and took the shot. <clears throat> and again, by his own fingerprint. Uh, the CIA used the mob on at least one of the teams, which is James Files and Charles Nicolotti. Uh, the other shooters were CIA operatives hired for this operation. The War Commission's task was to whitewash the affair and pin it on Oswald. Again, dead men tell no tales. Um, again, Officer Tibbetts was shot and killed by Gary Marlowe. Um, you know, you'll see a famous picture of Johnson. You'll see on Wikipedia and all that. You'll see Johnson hold up his hands on Air Force One. Jackie Kennedy standing next to him. He's being sworn in as president a few minutes after Kennedy's pronounced dead. You know the famous picture I'm talking about? I am familiar. Yeah. Jack Kennedy's still in their clothes. They asked him to change to no. He stayed in the clothes, bloodstained, brains all over him, right? Now, that was a staged event, and I'm going to tell you why. The minute John F. Kennedy was shot, Johnson was already sworn in when he was vice president to take over those duties. He didn't need to be sworn in again. That's crock of shit. doesn't need to happen. Johnson staged that for one reason and one reason only, to say fuck you to Robert Kennedy because he hated him that much. He wanted Robert Kennedy to see that picture of the worldwide that he was the new president of the United States. Fact. Did not need to be sworn in. Now, Jackie Kennedy said, he, she told Lady Bird, which was Lyndon mm, Johnson's right, wife. Right. And she recorded, Lyndon Johnson, or uh, Lady Bird recorded this in her own diary. She said, honey, let's, let's get someone to change you, get you out of clothes. And she says, no, no. You know, I want them to see. I want them to see what they did to my Jack. Them. She knew... She knew, Jackie Kennedy knew it wasn't some silly Oswald. She knew who it was, and she knew who she was directing that to. Lyndon Baines Johnson. Now, Robert Kennedy, his investigations into the mob immediately stopped. I mean, like, immediately. Not because he was, he was afraid. He was devastated. It was like a man with both his arms cut off. He could no longer function. Even his wife said he was useless. I mean, he just, it wasn't, there was no fire left, no desire. It wasn't two years later when he started to run for president and he was going, I think he would have won. Uh, he was asked on numerous occasions, are you going to open up the files, John, or uh, Robert, on your brother, John? Are you going to open to tell us finally what happened? You know, who killed your brother? And he said this publicly, he said, you know, I'm, 
content with the ward commission, and, you know, it's over with, I'll hold the shooter. But he said privately, um, and again, this is, uh, you know, sworn statements from people who knew him, said he was waiting to become president so he could take the entire power of the federal government and use that to find out who really killed his brother. Because he didn't believe for a minute that silly old Oswald was the one that shot him. Not for one minute. And that's from Robert Kennedy. Of course, was assassinated himself. He was. So. Very interesting. A lot of connections. A lot of connections beyond it. So I, I, I tell people, you know, go to YouTube. Um, you can watch James Files, uh, James Files uh, interviews uh, in length. They're very long. But the details are incredible. I mean, just absolutely incredible. Uh, no doubt in my mind uh, that this man shot Kennedy. There's zero doubt in my mind he took the kill shot. None whatsoever. He is the man who shot John and Kennedy in the head and killed him. So do you think... Do you speculate going forward that most of our elections have been predetermined to avoid having to be in that situation again up until 2016? Yes, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, you know who Jesse Ventura is. Yeah, Jesse. Right? All right. Yeah. He came out of nowhere as an independent and won the state of Minnesota to become governor. Right. Remember that? Oh, yeah. He was independent. Oh, yeah. He beat Republicans and Democrats. Oh, yeah. He gets called into a uh, meeting down in Washington to meet with the CIA. He goes into a room underground. I'm not making this up. This is from Johnny, uh, yeah. in his own words. And he said there was 24 of them sitting, you know, kind of like in a round, round yeah. table. And he sat in a chair like you would see in a movie under a light. He goes, you, you couldn't make this stuff up. He goes, and... Uh, they, he said he asked why he was there as a governor. Like, well, we're going to ask you some questions. He goes, fine, but I got some questions for you. It's going to be a two-way street. And he had asked them, you know, I want to know your names, and I don't know what you do for the CIA. Some of them, he sure he gave them false names, and right. a lot of them wouldn't even tell them what they did. And he said, fine, whatever. So long end of the story is the reason he was there is because they didn't see him coming. The CIA did not see him coming, meaning that they did not see an independent guy come out of nowhere and beat the two established powers to become a governor of a state. You know, when you're a governor, you have some serious power. And the CIA did not see that happening, and they wanted to find out if there's a way that they could calculate the next one who would do it. And who do you think the next person was to do something even larger than that? Think about it for a minute. Who could, who could, who was an independent Maybe ran as a, on a party line, but really an independent kind of guy, and won a major election that nobody expected him to win. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. They were trying to get to use Jesse as an example. Coming. They had to see that coming. No, look, nobody thought he had a chance. No. I no. called it because he, you know, no, he no, no one's it. no one's watching Minnesota. No one's watching the Minnesota race. I'm sorry if, if you and I could have figured out. For the minute he announced that this guy stood the chance of winning. And yet, well, wait. the brain children at Langley missed it. I propose that we're at a point with our government that doesn't matter. See, it doesn't matter that 
the power is so not in the hands of the president anymore that it doesn't matter. Right. Well, I did not see him having a chance when he announced Donald Trump. Not at all. I didn't see him having to win a chance until I saw the first debate and he kicked the shit out of everybody by being an idiot. I'm like, holy shit. He just won this debate. He's <laughs> being silly. I, I mean, and just talking his mind. And when, and when he started winning in the primaries, I'm like, oh my God, this guy, or even coming in second, this guy's going to win. Yeah. You know, I mean, this, he's going he's gonna to do it. You know, and then people are like, oh, Hillary's going to kill him. I remember sitting around with, with you know, Dan from Let's Talk Go, Steve from Let's Talk Go, Will, and they were saying I was nuts. I'm like, no, I know. he's going to win. I, I, you thought, that too. I yeah. thought that too. Yeah, he's going to win. And like, you're fucking great. I'm like, he's going to win. You don't beat 16 Republicans and not win. He's going to win. But regardless, what they were trying to do with Jesse was trying to fill a formula right. where they could determine you could see it coming again. Who's to say the CIA didn't see it coming? You see what I'm saying? We wouldn't know if they saw it coming or not. But I think I think it's more that we're at a point now that as far as they're concerned, it doesn't matter. They're gonna do what they want, it doesn't matter. Oh yeah. They, we they, we no longer need yeah. to assassinate the president because yeah. he, for all intents and purposes, is mute. Right. Moot. Moot. I'm moot. sorry, not moot. mute. He talks a lot. He's well although as much as he tweets, you might think he's mute, but he talks a lot. That they just institute their false flag program, they institute this, they institute that, and makes the office of the president irrelevant to their thing. Um, you know, from the standpoint that we're at least not assessing our own presidents anymore, I guess that's a good thing, except we're just the opposite, which we're just usurping their authority. And we are way over on time, but that's all right, because we are the last show on Diversity Broadcasting Network, where you can hear us every Friday at 10 o'clock. And onward. And onward. <laughs> and uh, uh, www.diversitybroadcastingnetwork.com. And we are Jeff Enamel from Let's Talk It All at www.letstalkitall.com. Uh, this has been a great show. We are, like I said, the last program on, so this will probably run in its entirety. But if it shouldn't, you can always catch the... Uh, replay at the website and it'll be there uh, after broadcast this Friday. Yeah, and uh, go to our, our Facebook page and uh, check out the photographs. Uh, you'll see I will post them. Uh, you'll see the, the killer of uh, President Kennedy and you'll see a picture of the gentleman uh, that also killed uh, Officer Tibbetts and uh, it is what it is. So, on that note, I want to say this. On the 54th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy by our intelligence community. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country.